For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to episode one of Believe in Rangers, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus. We have a great show for you guys today. We've got an awesome interview with Brian Mullen, a former player and currently works for the team. I'm sure you've heard his name or seen him in the community. He's an amazing guy. I'm very excited for you guys to listen to this interview. So let's get to it. This past week was a lot of fun watching the Rangers take on the Devils. Won four games in a row. It's not very easy to do in the NHL. We saw storylines like Igor going back-to-back in shutouts, Pavel Buchnevich a hat-trick on his birthday, and Vitaly Kravtsov scoring his first NHL goal twice. I mean, give the kid credit. He bounced back very quickly after getting his first goal called off on an offsides call, which, in my opinion, was very lame of Lindy Ruff and the Devils to review that. It was a 4 nothing game. Meaningless, meaningless, like let this kid have his first goal. I thought that was a little ridiculous, but the fact that Kravtsov was able to come back the next night and score his first goal shows a lot of resilience out of him. So I'm very excited to continue to watch him play. He's been excellent in his first nine games. I've had a lot of fun watching him. I, I can't really put a comparison to him yet. If anyone has any, any you know, comparisons that they think Kravtsov reminds them of, please tweet at us and you can tweet at us at Believe in Rangers on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can follow us on TikTok also. And don't be afraid to submit your questions to believe in rangers at gmail.com. That's believe B L E A V in rangers at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you guys and talk about topics that you want to hear me talk about. And I'd love to just converse with all the Ranger fans. I mean, it's, that's the most part. That's the best part about hockey is being able to talk to fans and argue with fans or just share the same opinion with fans. That's why I love the game. And that's why hopefully you guys are listening to me right now. And things to keep your eye on this coming week, the Rangers play at the Islanders on Tuesday night, which should be a really good game. The Islanders have not looked great as of late, so I'm sure they're going to come out guns blazing. And the Rangers hopefully can continue this winning streak. Thursday and Friday, they're home at Madison Square Garden against the Philadelphia Flyers. And Sunday, they're home again against the Buffalo Sabres. 
Another team to keep your eye on this week is the Boston Bruins, who are trying to catch right now, and we need help from the rest of the league if the Islanders can't beat them, the Capitals can't beat them. I don't know how we're going to make the playoffs if we don't catch the Bruins. So we need someone to step up and beat the Bruins, and hopefully the Sabres can do it. Playing on the road in Buffalo is not the easiest thing. I mean, I know the Sabres haven't been great, but hopefully they can get at least one, maybe two wins. That would be huge for us. And the Bruins also play Sunday in Pittsburgh, which is a game they hopefully will lose. If the Rangers continue to play the way they're playing, I don't see any way they don't make the playoffs. But then again, we do need help from the rest of the league because if Boston keeps winning, I don't know how we're going to pass them. So those are things to keep your eye on this coming week. I don't want to talk any longer. I do want to get into this interview with Brian Mullen. So let's send it over to him. I hope you guys enjoy it. I am very excited to be joined by a member of the New York Rangers from 1987 to 1991. One of my old coaches, one of my favorite coaches, the legendary number 19, Brian Mullen. Brian, how's it going? Or Molly, I'm calling you Molly. We're like, we're boys. I can call you Molly. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to call you Laz. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, catch us up. What are you currently doing for the Rangers? I know you've worked for them for you know many years now, but uh, what's your current role with the New York Rangers? Well, yeah, you know, you know, I grew up a Ranger fan. I've been a Ranger fan my whole life. Uh, stick boy for them. Got to uh, be on the radio for a couple of years, which I absolutely loved uh, doing. And um, a few years back, they asked me to be their ambassador to their youth hockey programs. And uh, I took the job and uh, it's, it's been great. You know, I'm teaching little kids anywhere from four to, to nine and 10 year olds. And um it's called their learn to play program and it started two years ago and it's, it's been just taking off. I, I think I run around to the tri-state area for to about 40, 45 rinks that the New York Rangers are in running this program. And uh, it's all kids that are just new to the game, new to the sport, could barely stand up on the ice. And uh, we give them 10 weeks of instruction. Uh, we give them all the equipment for free. I think the program costs $250 right now. So they get the 10 weeks of instruction and uh, all the equipment for free, like I said. And um, we uh, we get on the ice with them every week. Uh, right now, it's just myself uh, running around to a lot of these rinks because uh, Adam Graves and uh, all those other guys are stuck up in Canada there. They can't get back in the States yet. But it's usually myself, Colton Orr, Adam Graves, uh, Stefan Matteau, and Glenn Anderson running around to all these rinks. And, uh, you know, we get on the ice with the kids uh, for the day and, and, and help them out and teach them. And um, along with uh, the Rangers uh, coaching staff, not, not, the, not the New York Rangers coaching staff, but, uh, you know, the, their team that runs around to all these rinks and, and runs the program. So um, it's a great program, best program I've ever been involved with my whole life uh, to watch these kids develop from day one all the way through to 10 weeks where they can't stand up till they're flying around the rink, just like you when I had you. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say it's very funny because I have a picture in my room, and I know I showed you this before. When I was a kid, you came to Skate Safe America, and I won the skills competition and took a picture with you. Oh, that's fantastic. That's uh -huh. You didn't even tell me that when I was coaching you. Yeah, I did. I showed you the picture. I brought it oh, into the you? rink. Yeah, I showed you it. But oh, I, I mean, great. obviously, I'm not a big enough name for you to remember that. But uh, oh, come on. <laughs> but back back to the stick boy thing. It's very cool because there aren't many stories of you know a kid who grows up rooting for the Rangers, dad works for the Rangers, and then becomes a Ranger. So can you kind of talk about like just what that feeling was for you growing up, literally in the garden as a stick boy, and then you know however many years later you're wearing the jersey on the team. 
Oh, it was incredible. Uh, like you said, my dad worked down Madison Square Garden. He was part of the ice crew. He was one of the guys that made the ice. And uh, he was actually the guy in between periods that would sweep around the boards, get the snow off the boards for the Zamboni. And then he would go in and sit in the penalty box. And um, when I finally made it to the Rangers and uh, was playing for them, uh, I got a penalty one game and <laughs> feet from me was my dad. <laughs> so, so uh, after that experience, I, I didn't want to get a penalty again in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> you think but, that stuff uh, ends yeah, when you're in Utah? Forty years, and uh, I did the stick boy thing, and uh, I was stick boy for guys like Ron Greshner and Donnie and Dave Maloney. Um, Lucien Debois, Mario Marwa, and Dougie Sotard, all those guys. And then years down the line, when I got drafted by Winnipeg, I got to play with a lot of those guys. Uh, Sotard and uh, Mario Marwa and Lucien Debois were on Winnipeg already. And uh, then I, you know, coming to the garden, playing against Gresh and Duguay and, and all those guys. I, I was a stick boy for all those guys. Nicky Fatiu and... Um, you know, so it was neat getting to play play with some of them years later. Did you ever steal a stick when you were a kid? I, I did steal lots <laughs> of sticks when uh, I was in Madison Square Garden. You know, my, my dad used to bring home a broken stick every now and then. But when I when I got down there, I was visiting Team Stick Boy. So whenever Montreal came in or, you know, the Islanders or any team came in, you know, I would check out all their sticks and mm-hmm. – uh, yeah, you know, once in a while uh, they had those uh, tile ceilings, uh, so uh, they left me in a room alone a few times, and I would uh, take the stick that I liked and stick it up in the tile ceiling. And when they left, I'd come back and get it and go home and use it for roller hockey. And now you're doing that with with whiskey when you're at the bar, I'm sure, right? You hide it in the yeah. ceiling. <laughs> That's the trick. Hide my beer here from the boys. <laughs> but also, you mentioned that you were in the booth for a couple of years, and I know you got to work with a personal friend of mine, actually, Kenny Albert. And Kenny told me a story about this time in Montreal. I guess Kenny got into the the Montreal hot dogs, and he oh run, yeah, and he had to run to the bathroom, and you had to take over. So I mean, what are some funny stories in the booth that you've had, like in your time with Kenny and? in your time in general? Just Ken, Kenny's an incredible guy, uh, an incredible announcer. And uh, I was in awe, you know, watching him half the time uh, when I was doing the radio with him. Some of the stats he would throw at you and some of the little nuances of players and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, that, that one night in Montreal, he, he had <laughs> never left me alone. You know, I, I was new to the radio, so he had never left me alone. And uh, in Montreal, he, he had to. He had to run. <laughs> I said, Kenny, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. So um, he left, and uh, he didn't come back for a while. And I was sweating bullets in the booth there. I, you know, I was talking to the guys back in New York, and uh, they were pumping me up uh, to keep me going and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, Ken, Kenny's a great guy. And uh, I, I seen your interview with Kenny, and uh, that was great. And mm-hmm. um you know, like I said, I love the radio job. I wish, uh, I wish I was still doing it. Well, we'll have to get you back on. Maybe you'll be a podcaster now. I'll do anything you want me to, Johnny. <laughs> is this is this your is this your podcast debut? It is. Yeah, I've never been on a podcast. Well, I'm very. No, I know my boys listen to the podcast all the time. Mm-hmm. Bryce, Bryce has definitely been a, a loyal listener. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. But also something super interesting too. I mean, there aren't. I mean, a comparison you can kind of make 
is Adam Fox, like growing up on Long Island and playing for the Rangers. And you played roller hockey in Hell's Kitchen. I've heard that story a million times yep. with your with your brother Joey. I mean, how crazy is it? Like just how it's changed the development on Long Island for hockey players. To like wh- when you were growing up, you were literally playing roller hockey. You ended up playing in the NHL. That doesn't really happen anymore. I feel like for kids, it has to be ice hockey from an early age. Yeah, it's it, it, you know what's crazy about it, Johnny, is that. Uh, so many kids from this area are playing D1 college now and going to the pros and playing pros. Uh, you know, you mentioned Adam Fox. Adam Fox, uh, when we, you were on the Rockets there, he, him and Jeremy Brocco came to a practice and, um, you know, joined our practice the one time. And I, I remember Adam being there and, and Jeremy uh, when they first came. And, and then Jeremy wound up, you know, signing with Toronto and Adam with uh, the Rangers and, Adam's a fantastic player. He he doesn't make many mistakes. And uh, there's so many kids from Long Island, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, making it to the pros now that it, it's really incredible. When when I was coming up, uh, Bob Johnson came to watch me at um, Total Ice Rink over in New Jersey. And that was such a big deal for a college coach to come down this way to watch somebody to play. You know, so they, it, you know, the college coaches are flocking to this area now to get talent in their schools, and and the pros are coming, the scouts are coming, um, guys are getting drafted higher and higher. So it, it's really nice to see. Um, but uh, myself and my brother Joey, uh, guys like Richie Hanson, Jimmy Pavese from Long Island, all those guys laid the groundwork for all these kids making it to the NHL now. And another name that you didn't mention, who you coached, that we'll, we'll start a trade rumor here, but Charlie McAvoy played for Coach Quinn at BU, played for Coach Moley in New Jersey. We're going to start the rumor that Charlie's going to be a Ranger before he retires. Oh, I, I would love to see Charlie back in New York. Uh, mm-hmm. Charlie's a great kid. Uh, I love him. Him and Bryce became good friends, and he was always over the house here. And um, Charlie's becoming uh, an excellent player. You know, He's going to be an all-star defenseman, and uh, – I'm sure he'll win the best defenseman one year too. And uh, to see him back here in New York, it would be fantastic. Well, that's the rumor. We're starting it. So now if, if you look on Twitter ever, there's going to be trade rumors. Source Brian Mullen, Charlie McAvoy to the Rangers. That's all right. If, if, if it gets him here, that'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, speaking of uh, the current season, who's been your favorite player to watch this year? And what have you thought so far of this COVID season? You know, it, it, it's, crazy what these guys are going through uh just just to play the game um it's good to see the fans back in the stands and um the guys i like to watch right now of course panarin everybody's mm-hmm. going to say panarin he's a he's an incredible hockey player but the guy i like to watch is howden i really, really? like his game he's a 200 foot player he plays in all three zones and um me being your coach you should know that i like those guys <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> You know, it's it's always the the offensive guys that get the praise, but uh, the guys that uh, break their backs to get back and help the defensemen and get the puck out of their zone. You know, if it wasn't for those guys, uh, the offensive guys would never get the puck. So uh, I like those guys that uh, do all the little things right, get the puck out of the zone, make the right pass, and uh, and like I said, the guys that always worked the hardest for me got the most ice time, and. Um, to this day, I, I love watching those guys on TV. I was very lucky to be on a line with Gambardella because you always loved him, so you played him the most. 
So yeah, I was, well, I was, you were I was a hard out worker there too. You were a hard worker, and, uh, <laughs> and Joe, yeah, Joe was awesome, man. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe's out in uh, California in the minors right now. I keep up on all you guys. I watched you during your college career, uh, you know. So I, I do keep up on all the guys that I coached. Uh, Johnny Carlson, I, I got to coach for a little while, and so I keep track of all you guys. Uh, LeBanc, uh, I talk to Kevin a lot because he never shoots the puck. <laughs> so I'm always calling him or texting him. Would you shoot the puck? You know, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, a few times that I did that, he started scoring. He started shooting a little bit more. But um, I like to keep in touch with the guys. Yeah, no, Kevin's Kevin's been great. But this is our Rangers podcast, so we don't want to talk too much about the Sharks or uh, <laughs> the, the, the Capitals or or anything. But um, who is your favorite player growing up, or someone you kind of idolized growing up as a Ranger fan? My favorite player growing up was Vic Hadfield. Mm -hmm. Vic was uh, the first Ranger to score 50 goals. I always wanted to be the second Ranger to score 50 goals, but of course, Adam Graves got that. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he was the first one to do that. But uh, Vic, uh, when I was uh, growing up, I think when, when I was about eight years old, my dad took me down the old Madison Square Garden when he, when he was working down there. It was on 49th Street, right down the street from my apartment building. And he put me on the ice with these skates that, you know, you put your sneakers in and they clamp over your sneakers. He put me on the ice with those and he went in and got a Vic Hatfield stick. And uh, I was wearing a Batman sweatshirt. And I got a picture <laughs> of it somewhere. But um, just by my dad giving me Vic Hatfield stick, he became my favorite Ranger growing up. And uh, I always watch Vic Hatfield. And, uh, of course, he was on that famous gag line with Gilbert and Rattel. Mm -hmm. And uh, Vic scored a lot of goals. He was a tough guy, and uh, I became friends with him over the years. Uh, he's just a pleasure to be around, and um, that's my favorite Ranger. Yeah, and aside from Brett Howden, are there any players currently that remind you of yourself a little bit when you were playing in the NHL? You know what? I've been watching Kraftsoff a little bit. You know, I, I seen him score that first goal. The, that was the tough. And of course, Lindy Ruff, who was an ex-Ranger too. Mm -hmm. I used to sit next to Lindy in the locker room. Uh, Lindy challenges it and takes the goal away from the kid. I felt so bad for him. But, um, you know, I was kind of a, a, grind, a guy that could play power play, penalty kill, uh, worked hard. You know, uh, that was one of my attributes. I had good speed, you know. A lot of the coaches back then didn't like my style of game back then because I wasn't physical. But um, nowadays, you don't have to be physical. You just, you know, the game's so fast now, you got to have speed, you got to have vision on the ice. And uh, I think I had all those things back then, which uh, made me a better player. Honestly, it's, it's very interesting that you say that because that brings us to the fan questions. We got one from Brett Kocher, and he wants to know, do you prefer the way the game is being played today with more offense and more wide open or the way the game was played while you were playing more physical and, you know, I guess less room to be creative and be so super skilled because there was a guy on top of you at all times? You know what? I like to play off, play off hockey when the refs let that little bit of, you know, pull, you know, tug in and grab and go. Because um, it, it playoff, there's nothing like playoff hockey. And mm -hmm. right now, regular season, uh, you know, you touch a guy in the gloves and it's, it's, it's an automatic penalty. And uh, sometimes you can't even tell what, what's a penalty nowadays. But it seems when the playoffs start, the refs let kind of a little bit more go. And, and, and that, that's good for the game, too, you know, because uh, if it's too easy to stand in front of the net, which it is nowadays, you know, mm -hmm. 
you could stand there and you're not, you know, when I stood there, I had the goalie whacking me in the ankles. I had somebody, a defenseman whack cross checking me across the neck. And you have the puck coming at you 100 miles an hour. So, you know, to tip a puck back then, uh, you had to get lucky. You had to, you know, really hang in there and, and take your lumps. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, if you get touched in front of the net, it, it, it's another penalty. So, um, but uh, I do love watching the playoff hockey. There's nothing like it in sports. Uh, I think it's absolutely the best sport on earth when, when the playoffs start. And as someone who's coached as long as you have also and just been around young kids in the game, is it crazy to see the skill that there is now with like 10-year-olds than there was, you know, 15, 20 years ago when we were that age? Yeah, you, you know, you're right. The skill level's off the charts, you know. And that's a tri- tribute to all the ice rinks now. When I was growing up uh, in New York, we had uh, Sky Rink, which was down a block from Madison Square Garden. And that was the only place we could play hockey in the city. And uh, the only ice time we could get was anywhere from midnight to six in the morning. And uh, I, I, can, I can remember going to practices with my brother Joey uh, up in Sky Rink at, at three in the morning. You practice for two hours. By then it's five. You go home, you get an hour of sleep and you get up for school and you go to school. So um, it it's was tough getting ice back then. And mm-hmm. now there's there's a lot of rinks around here, especially I, I live in New Jersey now. Within, I would say, 30 miles of me, there's got to be 25 ranks, at least. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, the the kids have more ice time now. Uh, they're all getting specialized instructions, you know, uh, private lessons and and things like that. I like to see them be coached a little bit more about the game. You know, the the skills are going to be there. But um, they all concentrate on those skills instead of, you know, worrying about the game, you know, like playing, playing in your own end and playing in the neutral zone. You got to have coaches to teach them that, too. Yeah. And it's it's crazy to think because obviously I had, I've been there. I've been in those shoots as a kid growing up and you kind of think you know everything about hockey. But then you get to these higher levels and you watch video and you literally you learn the game from a different perspective. And since we have ranger fans listening and fans who may have not have played hockey there are so many little things when you watch like literally a guy like brett howden people watch brett howden if he's not scoring ranger fans think he sucks you know like that drives me nuts yeah the ranger fans did that with rick nash Mm -hmm. rick nash if he wasn't scoring he was at least the hardest worker on that ice that game if he wasn't scoring Mm -hmm. and uh you know i think the fans appreciated him after he left but um, yeah, Rick, Rick Nash was one of my favorites too. And uh, like he, he was a big goal scorer, but uh, if he didn't score, the Ranger fans got all over him. Yeah, I think it was that 2015 run. He had like one playoff goal and, and he was just being ridiculed. I, I think he scored like 35 during the season, but had one playoff goal and all of a sudden he sucked. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but yeah, he, I, I, I absolutely remember that. And, but he was the hardest worker on the ice most nights. Mm-hmm. Ranger fans, and I think New York fans in general, just like love to hate their guys too, you know? Yeah, you know, when I talk to the current guys, I, I never really preach to them. The only thing I really say to them is if you become the hardest worker on the ice out there, the Ranger fans are going to love you no matter mm-hmm. what. You know, like a Zuccarella, you know. He was the best. Guys like that, you know, mm-hmm. Brian Callahan, you know. If the Ranger fans love the the guys that work their butts off, you know, run around a little bit and, 
and um, they'll they'll stick with you your whole life. Well, what was your experience like when you were playing with Ranger fans? I mean, you must have been the most popular guy on the team being from New York playing on the Rangers. Not, not really. You know, I, I, I had fun on the ice. The Ranger fans really appreciated the way I played. I, like I said, I killed penalties and you know, I dove in front of shots. I, I did all those little things. And uh, the, the Ranger fans really appreciated it. And um, not many, I don't think they promoted me as a New York City guy a lot. You know, they, they, they thought I was just another Canadian hockey player. <laughs> well, there was no Twitter or Instagram back then. So it was just probably written in the paper or whatever. But I'm sure you yeah. would have been, been very glamorous in today's era. Yeah, I don't know if I would have liked the playing in today's era with the Twitter and, and all that <laughs> stuff. You know, every little thing these guys do is is either on a, a cell phone camera or on, on Twitter or something like that, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I see it because my, my boys, Bryce and Chris, are always showing me, see what this guy did, see what that guy did. You know, so uh, a lot of the things that we did back then, um, I'm glad that they're not on camera. <laughs> Actually, I remember Bryce, your son Bryce, giving me shit because I was at a, I think, Graves Night or Leech Night or something, and I saw you walking around the garden in a suit, and I was like, Molly, like, let's take a picture, send it to Bryce, and then I put it on Twitter. I was like, ran into my favorite Ranger, Brian Mullen, and I'm like, nah, like all the guys loved it. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you know, some stuff like that, but uh, it, it could also go the other way where, you know, if you're doing something that you're not supposed to and someone takes a picture and, um, mm -hmm. you know, so uh, I'm not a big fan of social media. <laughs> yeah, could end up like D'Angelo, which would not be good, I guess. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, he he was playing excellent hockey, and uh, stuff happened. It blew up, and you know, so won't dive into that too much. But we have <laughs> we have another fan question. This one's coming coming from Dan Jackson. He's a Minnesota Duluth boy, and uh, he wants to know what was it like playing with the legend Norm McIver? Did I say that right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Norm, he was great. He he was a small guy like me, about my size. And he was a defenseman and um, a lot like uh, Adam Fox moved the puck great on the power play. Um, just, you know, he, he was a pleasure to play with, you know, because uh, he, he didn't make many mistakes and he always made the right play a lot like Adam Fox does now. And uh, fun guy, you know, good teammate. Yeah, no, Normie was <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know who he is, but uh, you know, I, I had to ask for Dan. Yeah, yeah. But um, another guy you mentioned prior to recording was Brian Leach. You said you room with him. What was that like? How, where would you guys live in New York City? Was that like an awesome time? Uh, well, Leach was uh, really the first guy to live in the city, besides uh, Greshner and uh, Duguay. You know, back then. You know, we weren't really allowed to live down in the city. Uh, but what Le Leachy came in, Leachy, uh bought an apartment down in the city and uh, he was my roommate on, on road trips and uh, kind of took care of each other. You know, he liked his apple pie and ice cream <laughs> and I liked my cheesecake and, and coffee. And, you know, so uh, we both liked to sleep uh, after our pregame meals. So uh, we, we, we would go down to the South gate to eat our pregame meal before rain, you know, Ranger home games and um, go upstairs to the hotel and, make sure all the windows were, we had safety pins to clip the drapes together. So none mm. of the light comes in. We put a towel under the door. So no light came in under there and we would sleep from uh, 12 in the afternoon till about uh, four o'clock in the afternoon. 
walk over to the garden and uh, get ready for the game. And then you post game at McSorley's. <laughs> I I wasn't a big McSorley's guys, you know. Uh, one of the team dentists, uh, Don, Don Solomon, had a restaurant across town. Um, oh, really? I forget. The, it was a Mexican restaurant. Uh, I think him and James Patrick and a couple other guys uh, owned part of it. We used to go over there and uh, have something to eat and uh, drive by. I was living up in uh, Westchester that, then. We were practicing at a Rye Playland. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'd, we'd get something to eat over there and maybe a few drinks and uh, – Go back home up to Westchester. I think I got to ask, favorite off-ice memory as a Ranger? Favorite off-ice memory. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know you definitely have some good moments. All right. It, it, this is crazy because um, I was I was stick boy for the Rangers, mm-hmm. like I said. Um, and um, Duguay had been traded, you know, and I think he was coming back in town. And uh, they were taking him out. I think uh, Esposito and a couple of guys owned a bar across town called Sticks. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were all going over there. And uh, so um, they asked me if I wanted to go. I was only 17 years old. <laughs> you know? So I, I said, yeah, I, I jumped in the cab with Barry Beck, uh, Nikki Fatiu, And I forget who was in the front, but I, I'm in the back of the cab in between Barry Beck and Nikki Fatiu as a 17 year old. And they, they take me up to this bar and um, Carol Alts there. Um, God, uh, there was all these models there, um, <laughs> you know, Weird. actresses and all that. And mm-hmm. I was 17 years old, sitting in the corner drinking a Coke. And, <laughs> and uh, that, that's probably one of my favorite memories. Mm-hmm. But um, when my dad was working down there, you know, being able to talk to my dad all the time, you know, when I was down there playing and after games and stuff like that, that was really special for me. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I feel like a lot of hockey players talk about too. And and something that I miss about my playing days was just getting on the phone, talking to your parents after every game, you know, and hearing their, their criticism. Sometimes it wasn't the nicest, but uh, you know, definitely. But they would tell you like it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and sometimes the mothers don't know much about hockey, maybe sometimes, and they tell you you play great, and then dad comes on and says, you sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was for me. But uh, to, to wrap things up, do you think the Rangers are going to make the playoffs? You know what? I'd love to see them in the playoffs because they got such a good young team right now, and they're kind of all coming together right now. If they got in the playoffs, I think they'd make a little noise. Mm-hmm. They're so much fun to watch, and you can just tell as a fan, and I'm sure as a, as a current player, you can just kind of see their body language and how much fun they are having after each win. It's been so much fun to watch them. Yeah, it's, you know, like when you guys played junior. You guys had fun playing junior. It looks like they're just out there having fun, you know, enjoying themselves. And, uh, you know, if they got in the playoffs, uh, Teams are going to be scared of them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and this time last year, well, I guess like a little earlier, you know, they got just as hot last year and then COVID happened and that kind of ruined their momentum going into the bubble. But this year, who knows? I think playing right at the right time, that's what it's all about, right? It is. It really is. Uh, got Shesterkin back and he looked very good last night. You know, Devils had a lot of good chances and uh, he stood tall in it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see Zach Jones play too. I don't know when he's going to make his debut, but hopefully – you know, we'll see. Yeah, they're, they're, they're bringing all these young guys in, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, they're going to get their chance to play at some point. Mm-hmm. It's a good time to be a Ranger fan, that's for sure. It sure is. But uh, thank you, Molly. You're the best. Like, literally, it's so great just to see you and catch up. And I <laughs> yeah, it's good to see you too, man. 
Really appreciate you doing this. Not a problem. Anytime. All right. Talk soon. All right, man. I want to give another big thank you to my old coach and friend, Mully, Brian Mullen, for coming on as my first guest on this show. I'm very excited to do this once a week. I'm hoping that episodes will be posted every single Monday. We're going to try to have a guest on every week, but it, sometimes it might be tough. But if you guys want to converse with me ever, like I said in the intro, please email believeinrangers at gmail.com. I would literally love to have any Ranger fan come on this podcast to give their opinion about any Ranger topic or submit your topic that you want to hear me discuss, like I said before. But I'm very excited once again to be doing this podcast for Ranger fans. I've been a Ranger fan my entire life, and I love the Ranger community. I think it's a great community that we have. So please continue to listen, share with your friends, share with Ranger fans. Let's go Rangers and tune in next week. Thank you guys for listening and enjoy the rest of the week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.